This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's now time to talk pitching with the pitching guru. The pitching coach for your Oakland Athletics, Scott Emerson, is with us. little fun fact for Scott Emerson, the pitching coach for your Oakland Athletics, who's joining us here on the field. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Yourself? Uh, you realize you guys are the only team in baseball still undefeated at home? Yeah, yeah, two two wins at home right now. We're, we're coming off that long road trip, and we're happy to be here. I mean, I got numbers for days, uh, and one I think that you're going to love – is how well your bullpen has played. Talk about your bullpen. Well, you know, our, our guys go out there, and right now the, the biggest thing that we're preaching is do what you do and do it often and well. You know, go out there, do the things that um, have made you successful in the minor leagues, and be confident that you can make those pitches in the big leagues. You know, I, I talked yesterday to a couple of the guys, I'm like, the mound is 60 feet, 6 inches in every league you've ever played. Uh, fear no one, respect everyone. Uh, when you go out there, you can still make pitches to elite hitters and get them out. And that's kind of what our guys are going out there, and, and it's fun to watch. They just are going out there and feeling a part of it. Uh, you know, Kotze's done an unbelievable job of making everybody, in my opinion, feel like they're worth something. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a you know, different type of game when you're, you feel like you're always pitching in a, a mop-up role. But, you know, last night Castellani went out there and, Really, really pitched an unbelievable game. And, uh, you know, that's coming from a guy who didn't start out on the team. And he went out there and, and, and proved, you know, what he can do, and, and it was awesome. So I've heard for years, and I mentioned this in my TV hit last night, about last man up, right, something that's said in the NFL all the time. It's this cliche, and it'll be used in baseball too. But with everything that's happened so far, whether it be injuries, whether it be what we're looking at with the lockout, a COVID list now, everything going on, truly what you have going on, and you mentioned this with Mark Kotze, everybody's valuable. The next man up mentality is truly going on, and you mean it, and it's working. Like every one of these guys knows he's coming to the ballpark. He's going to have a chance to play in the big leagues, contribute in the big leagues, what else do you want in your career is that opportunity? Well, e- each and every day, you know, our job as, as coaches in, in front office is to put these guys in the best chance for success. So, you know, the meetings before the game, the game planning, what goes on, you know, with our analysts and, and our coaching staff and front office to try to put these pitchers in the best chance for them to have success is, is what you're trying to accomplish. And you know, with data helps us out and gives us an idea. And then, you know, that, that feel aspect of, you know, working with pitchers, being around pitchers, you know, that's important too. You know, what guys are feeling good about themselves each and every day, what guys' pitches match up to the scouting report, and then what the data matches up as well. And, and we're really trying to, you know, get everybody involved, but we're also really trying to put guys in the best chance to have success. And right now uh, we've been doing a good job. I loved the other day how you channeled your inner Herm Edwards. 
Herm's the best, right? All these years we see him on ESPN now, the head coach at Arizona State. I used to have him on my NFL show, and he would just come up with some of the craziest stuff. But you did a little Herm Edwards the other day. Yeah, yeah, no. You play to win the game. <laughs> Hello? You play to win the game. Oh. And and you know that that's you know that's looking at the data as well. You know, uh, you know the, the the data tells us third time through the batting order isn't isn't ideal for starting pitchers. So uh, you know the scoreboard will play a factor in that. Our pregame prep of who should be facing who to put guys in position to have that success. So I think it's you know. You know, it, it's you know you always wanted starters to go out there and, and get through five and win the game and go as far as they can. But right now the game is changing, and you got to be able to adapt to some change. You know, whether we like it or whether we don't like it, uh, the game has made some adjustments and change. But the data tells you, and the data never lies. The 300 hitters. I mean, my first year in professional baseball, my manager Michael Berry always would tell the hitters, 300 hitters hit 300 at the end of the season. That's just where it matches up. So, you know, data is important to us. It, it, it's, a, uh, it's a good predictor. It's not always going to be right. It's never always going to be wrong. But it's going to help us make educated decisions to put people in the greatest chances of success. I'm not going to say the data is wrong. Where I'm going to say the problem that you're going to have and every team is going to have, there's a couple circumstances here. A, you're going to go from 28 back to 26. And starting once you go back from 28 to 26, you're not going to be allowed to do the old, we used to call it the Sacramento shuttle, now the Vegas shuttle. You're only going to be allowed to bring guys up and down so much. And I know a few years back, the way the Rays used the 10-day IL list, they used it as a weapon. Those things have all been taken away. So, yes, the data may say you don't want to go through the rotate, the go through the lineup a third time, but my data is going to say you don't have enough relievers to get through all the innings that you're going to need for six months if you're not allowing starters to go through that lineup a third time. I don't think there's enough arms in the world for 30 teams to be able to do that on a consistent, solid basis and be successful. I agree with you, but let's go back to the, the uh, Herm Edwards quote, you play to win the game, right? So as of right now, we have more roster spots, right? Starting pitching right now, if you look around the league, you know, they're in their seventh, eighth game going on from spring training. So technically they're not built to where they should be built in a normal season. You know, three spring training games, some guys get four spring training games. We're looking at three starts right now for some guys going through a third time. That's only seven games. So technically their first game of the season would be their next game, right? So their pitch count starts then. So basically we've kind of used this as a extra month of spring training because we've been given extra arms. But you also got to look at the fact that this is a marathon and it's not a sprint. So going into our next few starts, our starters will be able to go 100 pitches because that's be that'll be their seventh start. So I, I get all you know, that. But even if there wasn't a lockout, I'd be three months into this thing and we'd still be pulling guys early. Well, it wouldn't matter well, how much I, they had. Maybe. Maybe not the A's, but other teams you'd see but, but are also, pulling guys early. Also, look, look. If you if you have the confidence, look. Uh, Castellani two ups last night. How many times have we used guys two ups this year? You know, where in years in the past, you know, guys come out and they're they're one and done. You know, our our thought process uh, has always been try to get these guys to have that ability to go two innings. And if you go a starter for five and a guy for two. 
right there, that's seven innings. Then you're then you're at your setup and your closer. That's four guys a game technically, right? So, you know, I, I think you still have to to look at the data. I still think you got to put your team in the best chance of success. Sometimes you worry about tomorrow, tomorrow, and today you you worry about today. And right now we've been in a situation where we've worried about today. We've used some guys maybe uh, every other day, but when they're fresh you use them and when they're not fresh you got to win with the other guys so you look at the data for where baseball is especially at the start of this season and we've been seeing it relievers are eating up more innings than ever before in the history of the game relievers throw more sliders than they do fastballs we're seeing a, a historic percentage of more sliders than fastballs have you been noticing that oh yeah i mean it, it's so ironic that uh we go out there and there's all these uh, velocity building programs. Yet yeah, we come in and throw all these sliders, and and the reason why is these guys are throwing so hard, using so much of their body, they just don't know where the fastball is going. <coughs> Excuse me. No, I mean the percentages are really off the charts, and um, just reading it, you couldn't believe. Since 2015, a year in which fastballs made up a massive 56.8 percent of pitches thrown. That was just 2015. Slider usage has jumped from 14.5 to 21.7. So essentially, because you use more relievers and relievers are coming out, and it's just going to be slider, slider, slider. The game has changed for you as a pitching coach, but more importantly, from an offensive standpoint. It's changed for the hitting coach. It's changed for the hitters. It's changed the game. So that is something that um, we'll see how that is going to work long term. But, yes, the slider obviously is a devastating pitch. And, you know, we talk slider, you talk cutter. You know, we can talk different guys. have Some guys have a slurve, which is not a curveball, but it's in between a slider and a curveball. But definitely a ball move, you know, mostly right-handed pitchers, a ball moving away from right-handed hitters. That's what's in. Well, if you look at the slider, it's the best swing and miss pitch in baseball. So, you know, these guys are trying to get to that slider. And if you got a good one, you get to throw it more. If you don't have a good one, that's where the fastball has to come in play and have it in your pocket so they can think about something else and you can throw that slider. So, you know, it is ironic how these guys are uh, throwing a lot of, thank you, throwing a lot of sliders. But that, for me, is because they don't trust their fastball command. I would agree. I think it's crazy. Now, I would understand if I'm a one-inning guy and I just need strikeouts and that's my pitch, I'm slider, slider, slider. But to not, for for somebody that's going to pitch more than one inning or you're just coming in to, to get some strikeouts to get you out of the inning, I just can't imagine not using the fastball because, as, as we know, as you just said, it's a great strikeout pitch, but when it doesn't do what you want it to do, it's the easiest pitch, and it's the easiest pitch to hit out of the ballpark. Look, when you when you look at an airplane in the in the sky, you don't think that airplane's moving very fast, right? You just kind of see it going across the sky. But when you sit on that runway and you see that airplane go across your eyes, it looks like it's very fast. That's how good the fastball command can be. You can move that fastball up. It looks really, really hard. You can throw that down and away, and then it looks softer, but the speed's the exact same. So the importance of the fastball is being able to move it around. If you're living in one area, especially you're living a right-hand pitcher, living away with fastballs, living away with fastballs to right-handed hitters, and then all of a sudden you're going to throw a lot of sliders out there, you can lead a horse to water, but guess what? 
I've never seen a horse probably in my life go to that water and not drink it. And that's what happens with hitters. So if you're leading that guy out there all day long and then you throw that slider out there, it's probably going to get hit. But if you can move that fastball every now and then and then get that slider down and away, it's probably not going to get hit. I try to talk about all the time on the postgame show about you have to understand when a hitter's up there and the amount of time, he doesn't have a whole lot of time. His brain's got to pick out what pitch it is, how fast is it going. There's different quadrants that ball is going to go in. Shape. Should he swing or not? There's all kinds of stuff going on in the human brain just to get him to fire and swing at it. And the biggest key, you always talk about timing is the most important thing, but also changing the guy's eyes. That was the one thing about Kendall Graveman as a starter. I knew as a guy sitting in the press box, if I was a hitter, ball's either going to be low outside or low inside. And I can basically say I'm only going to swing at it, offer at it, if it's in one of those I like. He was never pitching me up, away, in. He lived in a certain area, and if I'm seeing him two, three times, he's different now as a guy who's coming in closing or late in ball games. But there's something you said about changing not only speeds but eye level for hitters. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you, you keep get a guy looking down and you, you go upstairs, you're going to have some success. You, you go upstairs a lot and then you go downstairs, you're going to have success. And Tilton's having that ability to go up and in, down and away, too, with your fastball. You can go up and in with a fastball, back down and away. And what I said earlier, if that fastball's up and in, you got to catch it out in front a little bit sooner, right? Yeah. If it's down and away, you can wait a little bit longer. So that's changing timing as well by changing location. And then that fastball up and in makes them have to, you know, worry about the inside pitch. And now, all of a sudden, you throw the slider down and away. So, I mean... You know, we all know that, that, you know, pitching is disruption of timing. We all know that's the ability to go in and out, back and forth, up and down. That's pitching. So some guys, you know, in the game now, they're, they're being trained to throw it as hard as they can. They don't know where the fastball is necessarily going, and then they got to just spin it down because that's their best way to get a ball in the side, the strike zone. But the best pitchers in the game will have fastball command when they use it. Not saying they got to use it, you know, often. But when they have that ability to throw that fastball where they need to and then that breaking ball down sets them up for a lot of success. When we talk about the difference, as you say, disrupting timing, there's a difference between strikeouts and disrupting the timing where you're off the barrel creating a lot, a lot of weak contact. What I love about weak contact is that you don't have to throw as many pitches to get it. If you're going to strike guys out, you're going to throw a lot of pitches because there's going to be balls in there too. You're going to need three strikes to strike a guy out, plus you throw some balls in there. Next thing you know, your pitch count, boom, you're up and you're out quick. So, yes, you love strikeouts, but how much do you preach to your guys throwing quality strikes, keeping the ball off the barrel, and that helps keep your pitch count down? Yeah, that, that's most definitely. I mean, last year with the guys that we had, you know, we were able to throw uh, the most innings out of a starting yes. rotation. And that's because you, you can't strike a guy out until two strikes. So you're, you're playing the soft contact game. You know, now it's low exit, V-low, whatever we want to call it. That's, that's the ability to keep hitters off balance and, and make quality pitches ahead in the count and expand ahead in the count, but have the ability to throw something other than a fastball and a fastball count and get them off the barrel, like you said earlier. So, you know, it's very important for your starting pitching, especially when we come in and the rosters start to go down a little bit, that they do have to go deeper in the games. And, you know, our guys have done that. 
Uh, they've been trained to do that. You know, Cole Irvin goes out there and throws a, a ton of strikes. Montas, a ton of strikes. Dalton Jeffries has thrown a ton of strikes so far. Paul Blackburn has done a great job. And Oler had a, a, a great uh, bullpen session and a great talk yesterday about the importance of pounding the strike zone but being unpredictable. And when you pound the strike zone and you're unpredictable with the ability to pound the strike zone with everything you got, that leads to that soft contact and that leads to that two-strike strikeout. You're dangerous then. Then you become dangerous. I think about, and I want to say Frankie just walked by, Frankie hitters are 0 for 24 against his splitter this year. And the thing for Frankie is that when he's got that split going, same arm action as the fastball, whether he wants to ride a four-seamer up or he wants to do a two-seamer with movement, I know he's got the breaking ball, but there's something where that 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 splitter, I remember they tried to teach. I got little short fingers, as I'm showing here. Yeah, me too. Me too. It just doesn't work. It didn't work for me. It really didn't work for me. Talk about it. You, you're the one that helped him with his split finger, turned it into a massive weapon now. Just the way he holds There's different ways that people like to hold it. How does he hold it? How does you guys work on it? And why is it now such a weapon for him? Well, we, we first started out as just a little spread fastball to get something off the fastball. And then uh, we, we started going in, in the middle of the ball like a split finger or fork ball. Uh, obviously, you know, the A's have had a, a tremendous tradition of, you know, Mike Moore and, and the great Dave Stewart. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Stu had one of the best splits you, you, you uh, could ever ever watch. Jack on. Morris, by the Jack way, Morris. learned his split finger here in the bullpen against the A's. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that's such an uh, important pitch that uh, for him, you know, you know, some people say, well, he's got to split throw it more but then you start compromising counts. What the split does is it complements the fastball. What the, co the fastball command does is complement the split, and then he's got that good slider as well. Now, good stuff. I know you gotta go, and uh, Frankie's gonna throw a bullpen, but you've thrown out the idea, now that our boss is here, Delaire, he has thrown out the idea of a, of a coach's show every week, so one week it's, it's, it's pitching, next week it's hitting, then it's base running, then it's defense. This is that. See, when I come to these people with ideas, I think Towns is just being crazy. This is coming from you. I want it coming from your mouth. Well, I, I really think that, uh, you know, I, I grew up on, uh, you know, Johnny Bench and the baseball bunch. And, yes. Uh, this week in baseball, and Reggie Jackson had a show. Uh, and just, just watching, uh, watching uh, you know, big leaguers talk about baseball and big league coaches uh, teaching it. And it, I think it would be beneficial for, for kids to see – you know, what is actually being taught at the big league level. I like it. Each week, a different facet of the game. And then once, like, let's say this was your first week and four weeks we come up with, I'll, I'll have something different because, as you said, it's always in the data. It's always changing, too. Does it always change that much? It changes. Per guy, does it change? Well, I mean, the data doesn't necessarily change, but uh, somebody's theory changes. Have you ever taken the data, thrown it in the trash, and said to a guy, just go out and get people out? Well, that's part of it, yeah, yeah. I mean, the data just tells you, hey, uh, it, it gives you a reassurance of what's going on. At the end of the day, if you can't throw strikes, uh, we're in trouble. So the strikes are, and the outs and the results are number one. How are we going to get to those outs, and how are we going to get to those results? Yeah, my data says whatever your data is, just don't give up runs. Factual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? I'll agree to that one. That In the end, that's your job. In the end, the defense, which the pitcher is part of the defense, your job is run prevention. 
prevent runs. That's your job. That's what my data needs That's is right. you not giving up. I don't care how you do it. Just don't do it. That's right. Well, you are the best, my friend. Thanks for having me. And by the way, you look great on camera. Ooh. And camera all green the, and everything. The camera adds a few. No, no. He slimmed down. <laughs> he looks good. All right. Have a good bullpen all station. Right, thank you. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.